listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. It is the 8 o'clock hour, third and final hour. Miller and Moulton in Lake City and surrounding areas, Tampa, St. Pete, Port Charlotte, and Venice. The bonus hour awaits at the top of the hour in the 239. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Pat Kerwin joining us at this day in time because he's got a busy travel week. Pat joining us once again, courtesy of Pinchers, Tampa to Key West, a dozen locations in between. Pinchers, because you can't fake fresh. How are you? I'm doing fine. And, uh, you know, football per se is over. We're going to the combine on Tuesday and turn the page and let's get going on the draft stuff and free agency and contracts and all that stuff. So it's one of my favorite times of the year, actually. And a lot of the guys who do shows that are players, they don't know what to do now. There's no games to talk about. But for people in my end of the business, uh, it's a very, very busy time. All right, well, let's start with the franchise tags that are coming and quarterbacks that haven't been signed, like this guy in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. Pat, what what's your gut tell you that's going to happen with Lamar? Um, franchise tag, and I would not put the exclusive tag on him. I think we're at the point where um, the non-exclusive, which is $32 million and change. I just round these things off. I don't need to point four and all that junk. But I would be interested if I were the Ravens and finding out who would put a deal on the table for him that's worth more than I'm willing to pay. And then maybe all of a sudden two first round picks looks pretty good for a quarterback who's been injured two years in a row. And nothing makes me laugh harder than when I hear the new OC has got all these dynamic plants. Lamar is what Lamar's gonna be. He's an athletic runaround quarterback. He is never gonna become a pocket passer that's gonna throw for 5,000 yards. When I hear all this stuff about the things they have in mind, like no one else thought of these before, they all thought of them. But uh, so, Todd, if you get a chance to coach him, you're going to find yourself letting him do whatever he does best if you want to win games. Do you think the NFL can basically keep itself in check? What we often see, Pat, is the salaries at a position keep going up. And you end up with, say, the eighth best quarterback in the league making more than the first and second best quarterback in the league because they did their deal two years later. Mahomes and Allen have set a bar. Deshaun Watson, then, you know, Rodgers is out there in the low 50s, but he's only got a year or two left that he's going to play most. Mahomes and Allen are in the mid 40s. Deshaun's deal was 46, and the league's already treated that as if it's the aberration. You know, Daniel Jones wants 40 plus million. Jalen Hurts is going to want Deshaun Watson money, and he can certainly make the case he's worth it. Never mind Burrow and Herbert and the like. Do you think the league can discipline itself and look at Joe Burrow and say, dude, I can't pay you more than Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what to tell you. Or do you think that they're going to make 50, 55, 60 million in the next three years? Well, they can't discipline themselves because that's called collusion. And they're not going to have any meetings to go over. Let's not pay anybody. Or let's let's slow the number down. We had this conversation when I first met you guys about the 20 million barrier. Quarterbacks making 20 million. Then it was quarterbacks making 30 million. Now we broke into the 40 million. I think there's eight of them scheduled to make over 40, 40 million or more. 
and then and a couple more hovering around in the 36 to 39 million range. So, no, they're not going to be able to handle it. And David and Mark, we've pro- talked about this a hundred times. Go look at percentage of the cap. A $36 million deal is about 16% of the cap, give or take a few million because th- there's some fees on some of the guys aren't going to have the full cap and some will have a little more. You move to 17% of the cap and it's about 38 million a year. So, what are, the, what are the agents asking for without using that terminology? They're asking for 20% of the cap, 19% of the cap. Um, no one's done a percentage of cap deal, and I think the league doesn't like that idea, but they can't even send out, out a memo to anyone and say, don't, don't do a deal percentage of cap. But for the three of us, we've solved this problem before by just going percentage of the cap. Every time the cap, now the player it doesn't have an outdated deal like the deals you just referenced. If Mahomes had a deal that was 18% of the cap, as the cap went up, so would his deal. But we have never done that. So uh, do I think they like the – well, Steve Bishotti, the uh, owner of Lamar Jackson's potential contract, is the first one to speak out against Deshaun Watson's deal. Not because of the amount of money, but more because it was fully guaranteed. And we're still not going to get there. Uh, fully guaranteed deals, I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll get to 80% guaranteed, and that'll make people cringe. But I will quote Kevin Colbert. When Kevin had to deal with with uh, Roethlisberger, I said, man, how are you going to get that deal done? He goes, isn't it a nice problem to have? He goes, not every team has a guy. Now, 16 teams, in my mind, have a quarterback question. Some full-blown starter. Other guys, who's the quality backup? There's a lot of 16. Half this league is sitting around this week thinking, what are we going to do about our quarterback situation? So it's it's a universal problem, and there aren't enough guys to satisfy all those teams. So consequently, guys are going to make $45 million. And I, I think that the Daniel Jones piece, last one here, it's hard to swallow that back in October you thought you'd sign up at $25 million. Well, that perception was a misleading to yourself. Why do you even think that? He was playing well enough. So when you didn't put the option year on him, you painted this picture. He then did what you hoped he would do, play well. <laughs> you wanted to keep him. Then he played well enough that you now have to think about $40 million. And I think they'll, if I was the, the player and the, and the team, I would settle on a three-year deal that averaged 38 million a year. So cosmetically, we didn't get to 40. He'll be back at the bargaining table in two years. That's what I would be doing. All right, for the team, you would do it. Would Daniel Jones sign that deal? Would you advise him to sign that deal for that kind of money? Yeah, because I I would rehearse with him the reality of the franchise tag. Yes, the second I give it to you, you can sign it, and it's guaranteed for 32 million. And yes, if you don't get hurt or and play well, you'll get one next year. So your two-year total seventy-one million. So why would I give him something that's going to average, I don't know, thirty-eight, thirty-nine million? Because it's close to a hundred million for three years, and I'm prepared to guarantee the whole thing. So is he leaving thirty million on the table now and hoping that he plays thirty-two games well and stays healthy? That's what I'm throwing at him: job security and health security and the agents they're never anywhere to be found when the player gets hurt and had turned down that deal look lamar turned down a lot of money maybe he's lost some of his stake in this business so i i think you can sell 
that to him. Plus, I'd like to tell Daniel Jones, you know, you were lousy until you met Dable. And you think someone out there is paying you that? I think they're betting that no one's out there. But a team like Atlanta that needs a quarterback that's going to power run the game. Atlanta should take Barkley and Daniel Jones in a division with no quarterbacks. <laughs> well, and they're one of the few teams that could afford to do something like that. Um, do you think, like Jalen Hurts, what's he going to get? And is that the new mold of quarterback? Because there's going to be a guy in this draft who's going to get compared to Lamar, to Jalen Hurts, to Josh Allen. And it's this Anthony Richardson guy from Florida. I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Well, and I think Miller and Moulton are in the same cab as you. But, you know, I mean, think about what we said about the Eagles with the 50th pick of the draft three well, years ago with Jalen Hurts. Oh, excuse me. You didn't clarify that. If you told me 50th pick with Anthony, now I'm ta- you're talking. But first round, no way. He's going to need two years minimum to develop. You want to tell me I could take that guy in the third round? That's a no. That's a whole different problem, and it's an easy one to do. What do you think Hertz is going to get? Like you just said, you think Daniel Jones is going to get three years, thirty-eight. Well, I uh, think that's what he should take. Okay. Well, I'll ask one question to Mark. He's the neutral observer here. Mark, who would you rather have, Hertz or Jones? Well, Hertz. Okay, forty million a year. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm fine with it too. Because I live in the world of percentage of cap. How much of my how much of my cap is the quarterback taking? And I go through these numbers all the time with every position. And and you'd like to think of your quarterback under twenty percent. You do not want your top three contracts to be in the forty percent of the cap. That's why guys can't you know field a full football team. If you leave 60% of the cap for the uh, other 50 players, you're going to have lousy backups. And the first time you have injuries, we're going to be saying, look at that. The season fell apart overnight. And remember the caps in the 226, 228 range. So 40 million a year is in the 17 to 18% range of the cap. Right. And that's why I've been talking about percentage of cap. Well, I, I know the bean counters and the guys who do negotiating, they think about that all the time we just never talk about it because they don't they don't forecast the growth of the cap in the contract right deals make some go up some actually go down a little bit but the truth is if you just did percentage of cap not to wear that story out you'd be on top of it oh there's no doubt and the teams won't the teams aren't there yet but obviously you're pointing out that many of them are looking at it in that way. When you look at the Eagles and how much do they change when they sign Hurts? I mean, how much will that change their dynamic? Because they've got to get that done. I know it doesn't affect next year, but they've got a lot of players to sign. How much does the Hurts contract weigh over what else they have to get done? Philly's been one of the best teams all the way back to Joe Banner, one of the best teams in the NFL of forecasting a cap back in the 90s. I learned a lot from Joe Banner and how he looked at the cap. And he, he was for, he could tell you, you know, uh, here's our cap in, you know, five years from now. He would know it. And he would know how many things he still had to do. Now, he had injuries along the way. I get it. But that guy was always looking down the road. Many of us, when they started the salary cap, were looking at this year and maybe next year, but this year. And then you had to scramble again. New Orleans, they're still looking at it the way I looked at it. Uh, but they're not the kind of team that can do that anymore. So um, 
I think a lot of guys look down the road. The coach doesn't care about down the road, by the way. Here's the problem that the, the contract GM has. The coach doesn't care about the cap. He needs to win this year. He doesn't want to get fired. The agents never cared about the roster. They don't care if you win one game. They just want to get the most for their guys. He's Pat Kerwin, NFL Radio's Moving the Change, CBS's NFL Today show, and he joins us sometimes twice a week, most times twice a week, sometimes once a week, like he's doing right now. Courtesy of Pinchers from Tampa to Key West and over a dozen locations in between Pinchers because you can't fake fresh. We'll have more with Pat on the other side. The new business year in the NFL begins three weeks from today. What's going to happen between now and then? More with Pat. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Seth Everett to join us in less than 20 minutes. Shelby Mast will join us in our bonus hour one hour from now. We'll talk about who's in, who's out, who's getting seated where. How about them Canes? Thank you very much. Could they be a three seed tied for first in the ACC? I think they're a final four sleeper. We'll talk to Shelby about that one hour from now. Our remaining moments with Pat Kerwin, NFL Radio's Moving the Chain, CBS's NFL Today show. Pat joining us courtesy of Pinchers. Pat, I know it's a little, you know, inside football, but help me out here. We were talking about Aaron Rodgers yesterday, and I know you think he's staying in Green Bay, and I get the reasons why. If they trade him, how the hell do they pull this off with the cap? Well, it'll be devastating to the cap, you know. They and and by the way, they they need other things, so it's going to be, it's really the same as the Raiders, right? The Raiders can talk all they want about the young guy they have, but I think deep down inside, both teams don't believe they have the the guy that's going to do what Rogers did or Favre did, so even what Carr did. So I think those guys are going to have to take the bite the bullet on the cap and then have to create space to go get a quarterback. Even if it's a guy like Garoppolo, someone's going to have to take Garoppolo after they get done with this. Here's what I think about Carr, because it kind of makes me think of him. He has this little window of opportunity where there's no competition. No one knows if Rodgers is available. Garoppolo, you can't do yet. He, I don't understand why. Now, maybe the Jets didn't offer him anything who knows but if i were the jets or the next team which i think should be atlanta i would be offering him now why was he going to wait i would be telling you want to get into business here with rogers and garoppolo do you really want to get into that world where now i have other choices you're the only choice right now go negotiate a big deal and get and get yourself locked up New NFL year begins three weeks today, and since Carr has been released, he can negotiate a deal between now and then. The free agents don't become fully free until three weeks today, so that's what Pat is alluding to in terms of Carr has the advantage that these other quarterbacks do not. Very quickly, it's a $99-plus-million-dollar cap hit if they trade him under his current deal. So is this going to be one of those things where before they trade him, they completely restructure his contract? He was scheduled to get in cash $53 million this year. 
So mm-hmm. he'll restructure the deal so that it's more cap friendly for Green Bay, but he'll still get his $53 million this year, right? That's that's probably what's going to have to take place. And the Packers cap hit maybe will be what? More like the $53 million instead of the 99, but they'll have to defer yeah. for a year or two. Like Brady's cost in Tampa Bay $35 million this year. Rodgers is probably, Pat, if he gets traded, going to cost Green Bay in 24 and 25, 20 to $30 million. Yep, that's the reality of the world we're in. If you have an elite quarterback that you want to walk away from, most of these contracts, why is Carr free? Because <laughs> they owed him $40 million on the day after Valentine's Day. So when you do those deals, do you really think through all the ramifications if he's not here? My owner used to make me go through that with him. All right, what if we're going to get rid of him? Because cutting a guy and trading a guy land up being the same thing. I'll, I'll add death in there as well. If a guy dies, you get the same acceleration. So um, why would Rodgers help them out in order for them to get compensation in the trade? That's why Rodgers, in a lot of ways, controls the whole thing. And if I'm Rodgers, I'm just, no, you know what? I think I'm coming back. Just pay me. What are they going to do then? <laughs> they're going to show him where his locker is. <laughs> You're damn right they are. I, 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 you know, that's why I, you know, the stories that are out there of they're sick of him and they're going to move on. They may be sick of him. I'm just trying to figure out how they move on. Well, let me ask you this question because I got confronted with that on our show. Have the Packers officially made that statement, or is this hearsay from the media that they're done and sick? The they're too smart to use words like they're fed up with him. They they don't say things like that. You want that leaked out there, and then you're going to ask him to restructure his contract? That doesn't go together very well. Well, no, the Packers are never going to say that publicly, okay? This is just media members saying that at one point, apparently the GM said that offhanded to another GM at some point during the season, and then uh, Bob McGill there, who's covered the Packers for 40 years, okay, he's saying, listen, um, trust my sources, the Packers desperately want to move on with him. They're they're fed up with him. So, yes, this is definitely – it's all coming from the media. The Packers would be foolish to ever say anything uh, publicly. What I'm curious about, and Andrew Brandt, who was in Green Bay with the whole Rodgers-Favre thing, remember, Favre came back and Green Bay designated him the backup quarterback for like three days in practice. Right. Okay. And that's what I'm curious, Pat, could we literally have history repeat itself where if Rodgers goes, oh, I'm coming back, and the Packers go, well, okay, but I don't know what to tell you. You're number two. Well, let's go back to the first example with Favre. I think Favre realized that this kid, Rodgers, is going to be pretty good. and his competitive juices started flowing. I don't think Rogers looks at the guy that they're going to make one of one and thinks anything like that. I think he knows that guy can't play. Rogers will sit there and go, Oh, for three days. Good. I can climb another mountain. I'll be back. You know. <laughs> well, and I mean, in essence, you know, when you look at, you mentioned Brady and not and having to take the hit in Tampa, it, it puts is Tampa kind of where Green Bay will be in a year when in, when Rodgers does retire because Tampa's in that similar spot here where they need a quarterback but they have no money to go get one. Yeah, well, that's the problem because this is this is when you build your team. This is when you lose your team. 
the summer is just rehearsal. Now, the, the fans that are listening to your show, the older fans, always remember camp is when you competed to make the team. Those days are over. All you got to do is look at the salary structures, and you know who the 53 guys are. Make give or take five guys, maybe it's special teamers. But, yeah, they're all going to be in this kind of – and a lot of ways the number goes up, but so does the cap. So, relatively speaking, didn't, didn't Elway do the same thing to Denver? Didn't they wait till June 1st, back when the June 1st meant something? What about Breeze? How did he get out for under Breeze's contract? You know, so this has been going on forever. The numbers just sound astronomical now, but the cap's gone up along with it. So it, relatively speaking, it's about the same. All right, let's play a game. We've got two minutes left. Number of franchise tags. Okay, I, I feel pretty confident there's going to be at least four guys franchised. Okay, where would you set the franchise tag over under number at, Pat? One, two, three, four is the same number you have. All right. And, then I'll... I, don't, and I won't think it'll go over. I'll give you the names. You tell me, cap, uh, ch- tagged or not, Daniel Jones. Uh, well, either Jones or Barkley. I think I so, think the Giants. So one, one with the Giants. Yeah, one with the Giants. I think Deron Payne gets tagged in Washington. Yeah. All right. I think Lamar gets tagged in Baltimore. Correct. And I think that Evan Ingram could get tagged in Jacksonville. Uh, how about Orlando Brown? Oh, okay. If it, if I don't, I didn't put uh, Evan Ingram in there. Uh, the tight end group is interesting. Um, but if you put it in, it's a cheap tag. So that would make it five for me. Cause I think they're going to tag Orlando Brown again. Remember what the tag does. It's called a divorce. They just start the settlement two years earlier. How many guys get tagged that ever sign a long-term deal? Percentages are very low. And that's why I'm going to go over on the over-under, Pat. If we set it four, four and a half, five, I'm going to go over. I think there are a lot Mark, of interesting scenarios. I'll, I'd go over four and a half just because I think that there's there's always a special teamer that gets tagged. There's always a player or two you're not ready for that gets tagged. Well, the names that I considered, Jordan Poyer, probably not. But I think that guy should be tagged. Tremaine Edmonds can't be tagged because the linebackers include the outside linebackers. So there's a nice inside linebacker, but his tag number is almost 21 million. So they can't tag him. We're up against it time-wise. I'll throw Tony Pollard out there. Okay, 10 million is pretty cheap to keep Tony Pollard. He's Pat Kerwin, NFL Radio's Moving the Chain, CBS's NFL Today Show. His appearance brought to you by Pinchers. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-two minutes before the hour. It's our final segment in Lake City and surrounding areas, Tampa St. Pete, Port Charlotte to Venice. The bonus hour begins at the top of the hour. This is the final Wednesday in February. It's also 43 years ago today that the miracle on ice happened. USA 4, USSR 3 in Lake Placid. And with that, on this day and time, we welcome Seth Everett to the show. He of the three great podcasts, Sports with Friends, Hall of Justice, and TechStream. Follow him on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett. How old were you when that happened? 1980, I was six. But I didn't see it. I know I didn't see it because the first hockey game I ever saw was in 82. 
the Devil's first game. I never, and I, I definitely didn't see the Miracle on Ice. Absolutely, I know about it from you know history and reading about it, but I've seen it in delay. But when I was six, I didn't see it. Okay. But it's one of those moments in which, you know, if you're old enough, sure, you, you do remember where you were when. Oh, of course. Of course. And I was fooled. I was one of those that, you know, as a young kid, I didn't know it was on tape delay. I. Oh, you thought it was live? I thought it was live. Good. You know, the old expression, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. It's, and that's what it was. And the only reason you I know, the knew- boat sinks in Titanic. <laughs> The only reason I knew it was on tape was on ABC. You'd already been in broadcasting for 15 years? Sweetie, please stop it. <laughs> All right. Usually I my line. Usually even. my I line, Seth. Way to do. You know. I'm old. I'm not that old. <laughs> All right. I was six years away from starting my career. Thank you. All right. But it was on ABC. ABC had the Olympics. Yep. And the local main sports anchor was Warner Wolf, who resides sure. in Southwest Florida now. And ABC did a special newscast from 7.30 to 8. And sports was near the end of the newscast and leading into the Olympics. And we had ABC on. And Warner said, hey, the game's already been played. If you don't want to know the score, turn away. And he, his thing was he used to have these big cards and he would write the score. It'd be like Mets three, Phillies one. He'd show you the score, and then he'd throw the card out and say, let's go to the videotape. Well, he couldn't show any highlights. Right. Okay. But I ran out of the room. Yeah. He's Because he said, if you don't want to know, look away. And I ran out of the room and came back like 30 seconds later. And my mom was like, do you want to know? And I went, no. No. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, Warner Wolf, have you guys seen him recently? We've not seen him recently. We haven't had him on in a while. Okay. He uh he screamed he he screamed at me so loud because I knocked papers down. Um on Saturdays at ESPN in New York, his show preceded mine and there was no place to put your stuff. So I had come in and I put a bunch of papers on the desk and I knocked something over. And the next segment, he came out and screamed at me like I had stole his cookies. I, you, I, he was so angry and so mad. He sounded like an absolute lunatic. All righty then. Well, uh, we'll bring Warner on here. Last time we yeah. talked to Warner, we had an in depth pickleball discussion. Okay. Really? He was all, he pickleball was all stupid. in. Two years before they started the professional league. If Warner Wolf likes it, pickleball's stupid. Oh, you're something, Seth. You're too, you're you're many years away from the pickleball courts. Although it's a you know it's a popularity is growing rapidly. I saw it. I saw. I went to go play tennis the other day, and I saw some people playing it on the other court. It makes no hold sense. on a second. You like went to go. Ball. You went to go play tennis. Is that allowed yeah. in this country anymore? I mean, honestly, do we even yeah. play tennis recreationally in America anymore? Yeah, there's this great place. Uh, that you don't have to be a member, so it's just you sign up on an app. It's fantastic. Uh, so I play whenever I can. You know, if I can get out, you know, in the middle of the day, they have these uh, clinics from like 1 to 2.30. It's awesome. I'm curious, Love. you know, the, you're into the the tech thing and with TechStream, obviously, but the, the golf world yesterday made their announcement of their – 
virtual golf tour they're going to play. Do you think yeah. any of the, you know, you followed some of the esports. Do you think any of these have any staying power whatsoever? Sure. It's not, we're not the demographic for it, but yeah, those things are very, very popular. So you think a golf esports, you know, e-sports rival regular sports. It just doesn't get the coverage that uh, we know from traditional media because it doesn't need it. It's all on Twitch and stuff like that. Okay, when you say it rivals traditional sports, in what way? I would say, you know, without having numbers in front of me, I would say the numbers are if typical, for example, for the NHL, just use the NHL, for typical NHL audience, are we talking 800,000 people on a typical week? Um, for NHL 23, it's probably 250,000. Rivals. It's a chunk of the audience. So, yeah, I, I think I think people will check virtual and all that stuff. There are people, that's the only way they consume the NBA. O -o always, always. By the way, oh. if you guys are hurting for a topic, I got one. Oh, well, you, trust me, we're not did you hear, for a topic, but what no, do you I got? Know. Did you hear uh, Adam Silver at the All-Star Game say that he didn't think load management was a big deal? Oh, yeah. Talked he, about he, it yesterday. He doubled down. He said, that's not a thing. Are you out of your mind? Well, here's what's fascinating about that. And certain leagues don't do this. I have satellite radio. I listen to all the league's channels. All right. I'm You're that guy. much. Yeah, I'm that much of a goober. <laughs> okay. And there's very little criticism of the NFL on NFL radio. Right, right, there's right. very little criticism, but there is some of Major League Baseball and MLB radio, there's well, since almost I left. never, never a negative word said about the NHL on NHL radio. NBA radio has three shows from 7A until 6P that are destroying the NBA and its product on a daily basis. And the mm -hmm. NBA is allowing it to take place. I give Adam Silver a lot of credit for not shutting down. Like, their franchise show is Frank Isola and Brian Scalabrini in the morning, and they rerun like it. Yeah. And they are destroying the NBA on a daily basis for its product. Well, you know, it, it's a complicated solution, okay? Because what Silver did say is there's medical science that shows that giving these guys days off, you know, periodically throughout the season uh, helps them physically. Of the 24 All-Stars, 19 uh, took games off. Uh, three of them had major injuries, so that you know that's a push. Um, the idea that it's nothing is ridiculous, and so what Silver has to acknowledge is it's a thing. We don't know how to solve it, or it's a thing, and we're addressing it. You know, look at Roger Goodell and concussions. Look at uh, Gary Bettman and streaming. Like, look at all the way commissioners walk the line of all these problems acknowledge that that's a real problem and to be defiant for a guy that smart is foolhardy. Well, David Sampson was on our show yesterday and said, it's just negotiations one-on-one they're working on a labor deal. He's not going to come out and address it publicly of something that they're going to be addressing behind the scenes. That was his explanation. He's been involved in negotiations okay. like that. I, I don't know no, what's that, right, what's fine. wrong, if the, if but that's, that's a better answer than I can give you of what I'm thinking. I'm just going by someone who's been. And he's a great politician because he didn't look like he was posturing. He looked genuinely like, well, what do you mean? Why, why is this a problem? I, I was so disconcerted with what Silver had to say. No, he's still I, my, my white whale as far as sports with friends is concerned. I, 
I grant you that, though. I mean, he doubled down. If he's lying, double down. he's exceptional at it. Right. I agree with you. Because yes. he gave you the look you straight in your eye, lean forward some more. Problem. And, what problem? And what? not blink. See, that's the key when you lie. You can't right. blink. Right. <laughs> Are you guys watching that show, Poker Face? I have not. That's tremendous. She has like this uh, supernatural ability. She can tell when anybody's lying. And it's fantastic. It's a it, it's a superpower we'd all want. It's a great show. Well, Seth, with all due respect, ninety nine percent of people lie. I mean, that's not a superpower. No, no, no. That's, she can tell when breathing. people are lying. Yeah, but Seth, uh, okay. Like for murders and stuff. Seth, when you ask someone a direct question, do you assume they're telling the truth or not? No, I always always assume they're lying. There you go. You're Unless right more kids. than half the time. Unless I can tell you kids. that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, when you ask people a direct question, do you assume they're telling the truth or lying? I assume that they're telling the truth. Wow. No. You're just a better human being than we are. I don't know about that. Not Maybe really. I'm just a really naive human being. Nah. But no, when I talk naive. to people, there's no sense of, you know, there's not much to lie to me about. Now, in another lifetime, there was probably lots to lie to me about. At, at, <laughs> at this point, when I talk to seven people, and I hope to God the seven people that I still talk to aren't lying to me for crying out loud. You know, what, you know what the problem is? You have a spouse who doesn't lie. She's too good of a person. So now you think everybody's like your wife. They're not, okay? Just to let you know, back to the real world. The rest of us are lying, skeeving, blankety blanks. Adjust. I digress. Keeping the faith in humanity, Miller and Moulton, along with Seth Everett on this Wednesday yeah. morning. Yeah. Sports I got nervous. Fun. I thought I saw on Twitter that uh, I thought the Devils got Timo Meyer. Sorry. I would drop everything for that. Yeah, I know. It's going to happen, by the way. That's the rumor. All right. Devils are going to make a big move. They've got the yeah. cap space. They'll need it, not just for this year, but future years. They got to right. sign them. Yeah. Yep. All right. Actually, the Eastern Conference in the NHL, Seth, is going to be a bloodbath. And, and the NBA. I mean, the, the shift of powers happened in the NBA that it's better on the East now. And obviously in hockey, it's better in the East. The playoffs are going to be incredible. And you two I mean, can fight between Devils and Rangers when it starts. Well, I will say this is where we're very different people. Okay? Like, Seth is nine years old when it concerns his hockey team. And uh, he's very immature. Okay. He, you know, I listen, I, I don't care if the devils do well or not when they play the Rangers. I want the Rangers to win. I'm a Rangers fan, but I don't hate the devils. Seth every morning wakes up and sticks the Rangers doll that he oh, has. When the Winnipeg jets who we beat on Sunday night, when they beat we. the New York Rangers, all my, all I wanted to say to all my Ranger fan friends, I went, let's right. go jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I mean, that's the difference between us. Yeah, that's fine. Honestly, when it concerns the the Devils, his hatred of the Rangers and yeah. some other teams, uh, he's nine. Yeah, I hate the Rangers almost as much as I like the Devils. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Seth, I mean, I and I don't, I'm not being smart. That's awesome that you still can have that angst. I, I brought it up yesterday because I now know the coach of the Colorado Avalanche. He, he's someone sure. I've known for a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. I can't hate them anymore. As a yeah, Red Wing I fan, I them. hate the Avalanche. But now Jared Bednar is their coach. I don't hate them. I want him to be successful. I like no, the guy. It makes it really hard. And the fact that you can keep that angst, 
I'm proud of you, Seth. Well, I was at a, a, a funeral um, about three weeks ago, and I found out that through a distant, distant, distant uh, uh, relative, like, I mean, this is not, not an exaggeration. This is honest-to-God truth. A distant, distant, distant relative is Adam Fox of mine. Who's we are the, like 12th cousins twice removed. For those that don't know, he's an elite defenseman in the NHL, and he happens yeah. to play for the Rangers. Yep. And somebody at the uh, at the funeral, at the cemetery, came over to me and said, when are you getting Adam Fox on your podcast? <laughs> and you said, and it sounded exactly like that, for the record. Right. Anybody said, wondering, it's exactly how it sounded. I said, in the offseason, maybe. <laughs> He's Seth Everett, Sports with Friends, Hall of Justice, and Tech Stream. All right, we got like 90 seconds. Go. Sports with Friends is the outstanding uh, investigative reporter, Lisa Guerrero, longtime sportscaster. Now she's in the Inside Edition. She's won a bunch of journalism awards. She has a new book out uh, detailing her time in sports. It's pretty uh, enlightening. Hall of Justice is reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania and Tech Stream is a really funny thing that the White House made Elon Musk change all the Tesla charging stations to universal chargers. Ha, 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 Because that's a big deal. If you're driving down the road and you go to a Tesla charging station and you have a Subaru, you should be able to charge your car. That's text. There, did I get it in 90 seconds? You did. Even less. That was very well encompassed there. Good job, Seth. Crushed it. Yeah, Lisa Guerrero is really cool. Great stories. Well, yeah, and actually her accounts of her experience on Monday Night Football are uh, frightening, actually. Yeah. Uh, can you, as we go in our final seconds, could you do that relative again who told you about Adam Fox? Let me tell you, I'd like you to talk to my 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 cousin's nephew's brother's friend, Adam Fox. He's Adam Fox of the New York Rangers. You know, he was an all-star. Seth Everett. Follow him on Twitter at <laughs> Seth underscore Everett. He's our all-star. I texted my daughter. I said, I think we're related to Adam Fox. That's all I wrote. <laughs> and she hasn't talked to you since. Nope. Miller and Moulton. The bonus hour is next.